0: Vision, 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 vision. Podcast. Hello, my believers, non-believers, and I don't know Welcome to Vision Podcast, hosted by me, Brandon Holloway. A Christian philosopher with a passion that has continuously grown, like that of our understanding of God, we're going to take these journeys together. So let's just take our time, sit down, relax, and embrace the sensations for our ears and your soul. Pretty deep in it. <clears throat> Today I'm going to start with the simple existence of God, which is best explained with the cosmological argument. I'll be explaining some of my knowledge from A-level studies mixed with my own personal beliefs about the subject. Now I try to be as simple as I can so please don't judge when I go into my cyborg mode. Okay so today we're going to be starting with a good fellow called Thomas Aquinas. This guy was a catholic priest, doctor of the church and a saint. And this guy came up with three or five ways to prove the existence of God when it comes to the idea of creation of this universe and why we exist. Now, I'm going to pan these down as briefly as I can, again, without going into cyborg mode. Okay, so we're going to jump right into his first way. This is the way of the unmoved mover. So, if we look in our everyday lives, we understand that no movement or change can occur without something or someone causing that change in Aquinas's eyes change and movement are the same thing so the idea of like pushing a ball that's force and we are moving the ball the second way of Aquinas is the uncaused Causer now this is basically saying that every effect has a cause go back to the first cause to create universe so the universe is the effect and I think you know where I'm getting with this God was the original cause And like the first way, it's saying that God is the first mover, and that he maintains our universe. And as you probably saw coming, we're going to use this with Genesis 1 from the Bible, New International Version. Saying, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. So as it clearly states in Bible Basics, the universe was created by God. Now the third way gets a little bit more deep. It looks at the idea in which we are all contingent beings, so we always have to rely on something. And something that brought us into existence, and that we depend on something for the continuation of our existence. As I mentioned in Aquinas' second way. So you know how plants depend on light from the sun we depend on a necessary being which is God God doesn't rely on anything else but himself and Aquinas went to say that if at one time nothing was in existence it would have been impossible for anything to have begun to exist and thus even now nothing would be in existence this is the idea of possibility to actuality so if there's something actual within our universe then it obviously had the potential beforehand so this is actually a little bit confusing as i've just said to you i've tried to really condense these down and i may have actually missed a few things out please let me know all those philosophers out there if i did miss anything out of that Um, the whole idea of this with all these three ideas crammed into one is mainly the second way in that everything has a cause and effect you look in our daily lives we see that a row of dominoes, each domino has its cause and effect, so uh, let's say the end domino, at the end of all these, uh, this row of dominoes, that fell down, that was the effect, but the cause of that was the domino previous to that, and the domino previous to that, and previous to that, and previous to that, and it goes on, until it comes to us, the people who cause or move these row of dominoes. We represent these figures who are unlike these dominoes. Now, this is an explanation of the universe, in that all these causes are going all the way back. It finally comes down to this idea of God, or even what you may term as the Big Bang. The first cause or mover. Let's stick with this idea for now, in that there is a beginning. You know, there's not an infinity. There's not this thing that philosophers call infinite regress, in that it just goes back forever and ever but I will come back to that later in this podcast. But, firstly, for all those curious Georges out there... Um, so, if you're saying that God created the universe was this first cause, what created God? Thank you, Bob. Now, that's a genius question, because we take in what's around our environment, and we try and apply that to our knowledge of the universe and everything that goes on within our lives... That's human. Now, I'm going to start this response by looking at two words, comprehension and imagination. Now, to comprehend something is simply to grasp the idea, to just understand it, you know, familiarise yourself with it. Imagine is comparing it visually and with our own experiences so we can actually see it in our minds. As you all know, we're all pretty good at imagination and imagining stuff. So. I first want to put you into a scenario. I want you to comprehend a world with no gravity. Now, that's pretty easy. I can even ask you to imagine a world with no gravity, us all flying around. It's actually pretty amusing, because we look at our experience. We've been to the moon. We can see what happens there. There's no gravity there. We can all walk around on our hands. Now, that's a silly concept, but the very fact you can comprehend and imagine it, comes from our idea of experience within this universe. Now, another thing I want you to do is I want you to comprehend a different colour to what we see. Something outside our colour spectrum. It's come to be known by scientists that there's many creatures that see colours that we don't. Now of course we can comprehend that, but how can we imagine it? We can't imagine colours that we haven't seen. It's something we can't quite grasp. Now let's dig a little deeper now imagine infinity like no beginning or no end this we can comprehend quite easily as it's mentioned many times in the bible but it's not a part of our experience because we live in a world of laws of physics which god created he lives outside them only we can understand the laws of physics because we've experienced them such as gravity forces waves time and yes a beginning and an end we experience a beginning and an end so therefore assume God has them we put this anthropocentric view on God in many of our applications to our lives and the truth God is outside space and time and physics his power can even be shown with the saying a circle square This is something we can't even comprehend, never mind, imagine. They contradict, yet this exists within our realm, not God's. And why don't we have this understanding? Because God loves us so much not to give us extra baggage as any loving father would do for a child. Now to broaden on this concept, imagine a father and a child, say a daughter, they were walking towards like a bus station. And he was carrying a big suitcase, I don't know, loads of clothes, does a lot of work, so carries around his work with him. Now, a daughter that simply wants to help him and understand him more tries to carry the suitcase for him. But as any loving father would do, he wouldn't do that because she couldn't lift it, she'd probably get irritated and get really upset when she tries to and actually fails. Like I said, this is like God... He's taken on the extra baggage from us, like any loving father would do for a child. Think about it, guys. We wouldn't know what to do with his knowledge outside our laws of physics, because we are not God, and the world tempts us so easily we'd probably go mad and chaotic with it and lose focus on this simple idea of love in which Christianity centres itself. Even on Earth, power is a very persuasive, greedy, Temptation full of thirst for unnecessary things. How could we survive with omnipotence then? That's why Jesus lives simple and chose simple living disciples. This is even shown in Luke twenty two, thirty five New International Version. Then Jesus asked them, When I sent you without purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? Nothing, they answered. God has the answers so that we don't. Jesus suffered on the cross so that we wouldn't with faith, in life and after life. Um. well as I see here, there's a very good point from David Hume, a Scottish philosopher, and he questions the second way in particular, saying that we connect cause and effect in our mind when they are two separate things. This is called induction. Hume questions what happens in between cause and effect, and when we say Y happens because of X, Hume simply refers to whenever X, Y. Let me put this into perspective. Imagine a ball being kicked from our foot. Now, most people would say the foot was the cause and the ball rolling was the effect. However, Hume disagrees, he simply states that the ball happens to roll as we kick the ball, they are not connected, therefore concluding his idea that the universe is not an effect but simply there and that we do not need a cause for the whole universe. This is why you are not a voice actor. Anyway in response to that, I want to bring up the idea of repeating the situation of kicking and the ball rolling. See, if we did this repetitive times, we'd actually have to use an atheist tool of coincidence, because it seems very coincidental that the ball just happens to roll every time we kick the ball. As Hume says, they are not connected in any way, so it just seems a bit out of the blue and a bit unusual how the ball happens to roll every single time we kick our foot. So even though it is a very good point in explanation, I'm afraid it actually isn't very realistic when it comes to our understanding of our universe. And I conclude this argument with the idea that even though I may be using analogies and examples within our universe to counteract what Hume has described to me there, I need to keep reminding you, God is outside these laws of physics and universe. I can't stress that enough because I think we always forget that when we're making a theory or trying to understand the truth. Now we can use things within the universe to explain the universe but we can't use things within the universe to explain something that's outside the universe <laughs> yeah this is definitely cyborg mode moving swiftly on okay now I want to go back to the idea of the ball being kicked analogy now this will be used as a response of a self-propelling universe as introduced by the Greeks and this idea is basically that infinite regress goes on forever and ever and ever the idea that there actually is no beginning it's saying that the cause and effect goes on forever back in time that there wasn't actually a beginning that they don't believe in the big bang as such but they don't believe in god either now this is a theory expanded by great minds such as stephen hawkins The theory that's being discussed is the idea of the universe being like an elastic band. It is extended to a point of reach like an elastic band and retracts on itself and expands in the way. And that's how it's been going without a cause, but in infinite regress, as I said before. And I'm not going to lie, it baffles Christian minds. But there is nothing in our knowledge within the universe that creates itself, just like a ball that can't actually roll itself. And when we talk about infinite regress, I want to use this great analogy used by a guy called William Craig. He described the idea of an infinite library. full of library books, I don't know, action, adventure, fantasy, it can go on forever and ever and ever. It goes on infinity. Now, if we rented just one book, or maybe even a few, we could still say it goes on for infinity. Now, that doesn't make sense, because no matter how many books we take out, it still goes on for infinity. It doesn't apply to reality, if you understand why I'm saying. And this idea is given to the response of infinite regress. I also have one more idea that you can carry along with you for the rest of the day and for the rest of the week. God demonstrates how there is a reason for everything that we do within the universe. Now, it's demonstrated in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. For everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven as if we have a reason for so many things within our lives and Leibniz expands on this idea that everything has a reason in correspondence to free will which we'll discuss much later but leibnitz's principle of sufficient reason is that everything has to have a sufficient reason including the universe and that there must be an explanation known or unknown so this comes back to one of the ways from aquinas in that if we believe that there was absolutely nothing beforehand nothing before the universe that the big bang just came across if there was absolutely no potentiality for something then it can't become actuality if there's potentiality of just darkness there's just actuality of darkness and this links to the idea that everything has a reason god has a reason for creating us the universe had a reason. Well, as you may see, a guy called Bertrand Russell debated with Frederick Copleston on the BBC radio show in 1948. Now Russell made a very good point in that he should just say that there is no reason. Just because we say that we have a mother doesn't mean we may compare it to the universe, in that the universe has a mother, or what we may call as God. Now that's actually a very good point in that we could actually view the world in a very meaningless barren wasteland but I'll apply what I talked about before about how we use things within our universe to try and understand the things within our universe. Russell kind of contradicts himself in that many of his other theories and explanations of God have involved analogies. However, He then comes to basically say that we shouldn't use analogies because we shouldn't use anything within our universe to try and understand it, such as us having mothers. We can't apply that to the universe in that the universe has a mother. Now, God planting this within us. Now, I remember having this conversation with a Muslim on the streets of Manchester. We talked for like two hours straight and he actually made some very good points, but I'm afraid there was one point that I didn't agree in that he talked about how the creator, and the created are actually two very different things now at first i actually nodded along and it made sense but when i began to think about it they're actually very similar in that when a creator creates something they're going to base it off their own understanding what they like what they want their creation to be seen as now it clearly states many times throughout the bible that we are the image of god now we couldn't be who we are if we weren't based off the creator i agree we're not exactly the same But the creator and the created are linked very closely. And of course, us Christians are linked closely with the idea of the Holy Spirit and love. Because God is love. He doesn't represent love. He is love. But this basically emphasizes my idea that we can use things within our universe to understand at least a smidge of what God is about. Like the understanding of having a parent and using that for the universe. In my personal experience, I've begun to find that children are an absolute... Blessing and a great way of us learning what God wants from us and how we can show love to others by looking at children, how we simply grow, how we understand, how we learn within this universe, within this world, which you will find me referring to a lot throughout my later talks. Children are an absolute blessing, and that's something that we look at. So, if we can learn from children, we can understand that children can learn from their parents, and we learn from our Holy Father God, which exists outside of this universe okay bringing this show to a close I want to mention one more point in response to Russell now while you may have this view it may leave quite a saddening life I mean where do you base your morals on I mean this could go on for hours but essentially you have no reason to be good without God obviously there's the rule of don't kill because there are clear consequences without God such as jail hatred backlash and like family and friendship groups I mean again this list could go on forever but I'm talking about like selfishness guilt of actions behind closed doors stealing and again killing but if you knew you could get away with it a natural thing within us is our conscience which is the God part of us as we are all from God a guy called Newman even toasted in front of the Pope and all his friends that he will toast to conscience first and the Pope afterwards because conscience is a clear directory towards God. It's only in the world where the enemy walks, where we choose to do and be good, but this is free will, a gift. Yet you seek good innately, unintentionally and intentionally. Good is God. We don't want to be miserable, we want to be happy. That's what we seek from when we are a child. Yes, we may have problems as an adult or as we grow, but when we are born from that womb, We seek happiness. We are born good. And yes, I can hear some of you say, well, what about the problem of evil? That I will come to at a later episode. But we are meant for good. And if we don't base our morals off this, and I'm not talking about deontological absolute laws in you must do this, you must not do that, but simply centre your heart on the idea of love, loving others and loving God, the morals will come into place to better yourself as a person. God isn't just pointing a finger saying you shall obey my commands. He gives you what's necessary for you to continue within the universe and to be who you're created to be. Don't commit adultery. Why? Because there's no love in a broken relationship. Don't judge anyone. Why? Well, you don't know what perfection is and the bitterness and anger within you stays. You feel it and people see it. Once again, There's no love involved. Don't use God's name in vain. Why? Because you are chucking around the name of the one thing that loves you the most. No love comes from this. They benefit us. His morals, which come from his existence, is what guides us in life. And we have faith in that. And I bless you all in faith with the Holy Spirit. And that Jesus walks with you. And that you just open your eyes and your ears to what he may be saying to you. God bless you all. I want to thank you guys for listening to this first episode. I'm afraid I've had to condense this down a lot, so please ask me any questions on something I haven't expanded on, or something that you're curious about, maybe any more questions. I am more than happy to answer. My email will be in the description if you want to ask any further questions. Once again, thank you for listening, take care of yourselves, and God bless you all. Peace. Vision. 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 Vision podcast.